Well, good morning, family. Good morning. Um, I asked Steve Santos if he'd come up. Steve uh, and Tali uh, have been part of our fellowship for a while now, and uh, Steve works at uh, Teen Challenge in Worcester. So, you know, we haven't had the girls here for a while, but he's actually at a men's home. They do a choir, too, but... Uh, but you know how when they come, they always give a little testimony and their life verse. And so I asked Steve to come up. So come on up, Steve, and you're going to use this mic right here, Dan, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what's going on, and what God's doing. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Is this mic on? Mic on? Oh. There you go. Uh, so my name is Steven Santos. I'm 42 here. Uh, me and my wife have been members here for about three months now. Um, so my, my testimony has been uh, I was a 17-year heroin addict who lived on the street um, mm. in Cape Cod along with uh, Boston area as well. Um, I, was, you know, I, I had grown up in a loving family when I was young. Um, I played a lot of uh, sports in high school. I became an All-American. I, was, I got a scholarship to go to Springfield College. Um, when I was going to Springfield College, uh, it was, you know, I was excited about that, but I had just had my first son. And uh, I decided to take the first year off uh, and take care of him to make sure he was stable. And in that process, I had lost my scholarship. I didn't know that if you don't go the first year, you lose it. So I was very active in construction work, so I started my own construction business, which was uh, sheetrocking and plastering at that age. So I did very well for myself for a few years there, uh, and I uh, had fallen off a pipe staging, uh, and I broke my back, um, and I had gotten a rod put in my back. And in, in that time, uh, I don't think the opioid addiction was really had taken off, so I had gotten a lot of pain medication and fell into that addiction first. Uh, from that, it stemmed from there, and it just snowballed into um, years and years of heroin use. Um, I had lost my business, my family, uh, everything that was attached to me. I had no worth. Uh, I didn't know the Lord. Uh, my family had me in Sunday school. Uh, and I was, I was in church when I was a little boy, but when I could make my own decisions, I chose to play sports instead of go to church. Uh, which was obviously the wrong move for me. Um, and, you know, I, I knew, like, everything that I did, there was always a conviction. Like, the, you know how it, it says, the Lord never leaves you, nor he forsakes you. So even in my mess, he was there with me the whole time. And so I could feel him uh, when I was making the wrong decisions, but I would rebuke him around every corner. I was like, Lord, I'm not, I'm not listening to you. I got this. I got this. I got this. And the whole time, he just let me do what I was going to do until I was ready to turn from my wicked ways. And I had, uh, my father was my best friend, who um, I spent many mornings with. We would uh, drink coffee and watch the news. Even in my mess, my father would spend that time with me. And uh, I was, uh, one night I had, I had gotten high, I didn't answer the phone. My dad had a heart attack, um, and he uh, had was dying and my mom had reached out and said hey you know your dad's dying you need to get to the hospital right away i didn't see that for three hours um 
when I did see it, I ran to the hospital as if I was going to, you know, be able to save him or be there in the time. And he had already passed. Um, I had fought with the doctors and everybody to get back there, ripped the blanket off of him. I was hugging him and holding him. And those, that moment, I'll never get back. Um, and for years, I laid in regret for that. Um, I, I ended up going to prison uh, two days later. Uh, so I wasn't there for his, his uh, funeral either. Um, so in, in prison, I wanted uh, to end my life. Uh, I didn't think that there was any purpose for me. Um, I had lost all my children in my addiction, so um, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't want anything. Uh, but, but, but God sent an angel uh, to me uh, that day. Uh, he came in the form of a graduate from Teen Challenge uh, who had came. I had no idea who the guy was. He had came to my, uh, my cell door and put some scriptures under the cell door and said, you know, Jesus loves you, and you, there's, a, there's, uh, there's a plan and a purpose for your life. Um, that night I can't explain to anybody, but I had, uh, an encounter with Christ, uh, that I, uh, that I, I know from that day that I will serve him the rest of my life because I know that he has a plan and a purpose for me. Um, I mean, I cried all night long. Uh, there was a presence in the cell, um, I wasn't alone, and I've never been alone, and it's more prevalent now than I've ever seen. Um, so my work, uh, now I've been, I went, I, as soon as I was able to leave, I left, I went directly to Teen Challenge. Um, I've been now uh, clean for eight years. I've been saved for seven years. My life has been transformed. I have a restoration with my children. I have a beautiful wife. I have a home. I have a career. Um, I have a foundation that's based in Christ. And so, um, you know, that's, that's me. That's my testimony. The, the scripture I stand on is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm grateful to be a part of this congregation. And thank you guys for that moment. Who would have thought? It's so wonderful to hear people's stories. I, I didn't know hardly any of that. But God can do amazing things. God can take our lives and do amazing, amazing things. Why? Because He loves us. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Jude again. We're going to continue where we left off. And actually, we're going to have part two. We, we talked uh, last week about to keep yourselves in the love of God. And we're going to look at that again. I can't just can't get away from that idea. You know, there were all these descriptions and all these warnings about the false teachers and, and what was going on there, but in, uh, in verses 17 through 21, hold on a second here. It says in the beginning of verse 17 and also in the beginning of verse 20, it says, but you, beloved, but you, beloved, twice he says it. In other words, there's a, a huge contrast between uh, what he had been talking about and these people he, who he is writing to. He says, but you, beloved, you who are loved by God. For you, it's a different story. You are so loved and, and I just, I can't get away from what, the heart of really the heart of this letter is the let's let's read these verses again verses 17 through 21 but you dear friends and, and literally it's beloved 
Remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love and the love of God as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Incredible. The, the, the heart of this passage really is found in verse 20. He says, build, excuse me, in verse 21, he says, keep yourselves in God's love and keep yourselves in the love of God. And, and, and you kind of have to look at the, the tenses and the, the verbs that are used here. But this particular one is the imperative. So it, it's kind of like everything is kind of around that. That's what the heart of the message is, to keep yourselves in the love of God. And the rest kind of is, is about how and, and what it's all about. But this word keep, I, I mentioned this last week. I want to I say it again. It means to attend to carefully, to take care of, to guard. So he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. You need to attend to it. I need to attend to it. And I think the, 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 the truth of this is, is that, that it, it doesn't, it's not automatic. You go forward in a, in a meeting or you pray to receive Christ and that's step one, that's important. But it, it, you know, there are, are you know, parts of, of our lives that we make choices. What do we do? It's, it's called discipline. It's being part of a, what it means to be a disciple is the choices that we make. And so he's, he's saying here, Jude is saying, and he's, he's very strong about it. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Don't wait for someone else to do it. You keep yourself in the love of God in, in this grace that we've been talking about in the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and we know, Paul tells us in Romans, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, but, but we can separate. We can kind of pull ourselves out from under it. David Guzik said, we can deny ourselves the benefit of God's love like the prodigal son. We're, we're going to talk about him uh, a little bit later. Last time I promised it, but we never got to it. But for you and I to be occupied with the love of God. The love of God. Matt prayed, you know, the enemy, he's very real. And, and, you know, we have to be on guard against the enemy. But one of the things that he, that, that he, he lies about, and he's the father of lies, and he is, that's his native language, he speaks lie, is that God can't love you. I mean, look, at, look what you did. Look who you were. Look, look at the things that you have done in your life. How could God ever possibly love you? But I want to say to you today that, that it's a lie. Amen. It's a lie. And, and you and I need to know the truth. The truth, you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And the truth is what Jesus said. John said, we talked a little bit about this, you know. He said that we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. So this love, 
Uh, Jude says, keep yourselves in the love of God. John says that we know it, we rely on it, we trust in it, and we live in it. So it's, again, it, it's got to do with the, the whole uh, part of our lives. What, what, what is the whole picture in our lives? We don't just know it. Well, I know that God loves me. But do we trust it with our hearts? And then do we actually live in it? Do we walk our lives in it? I had a, a meeting I'll call it a meeting with my cardiologist this last week. And uh, what a great guy. I, I really like this guy. He's, he's just a great doctor. But, but we were talking about the different things in a, in a life. It's not just that you do this one thing. It's, it's about the whole of life. And he was talking about a kind of a, a holistic approach to health. And, you know, it's not just, you know, watching what the numbers say, but it's what you eat, it's, you know, do you exercise, it's kind of the whole approach. And this thing about keeping ourselves in the love of God is the same kind of thing. It's, it's like the whole of our lives. John says, live in it. And when we live in the love of God, we live in God, and God lives in us, and it's just this, this kind of thing that, that takes place. I don't mind saying these words again this week. I said them last week. I'm going to say them again next week because I want you to, to have this embedded in your mind that you and I, we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. We need to live in it. We need to, to meditate on it and, 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 and think about what it is. And Jesus said uh, in John chapter 15 that, that obedience is a part of that. We we, we read it there. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain or abide in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain or abide in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and I remain in his love. So Jesus kind of, he says, listen, this is, I, I, I lived in my Father's love. And, and Jesus showed us how it's done, and, and part of it is doing what Jesus said. We don't just know what Jesus said, but we actually do it. He says, if you love me, you'll do what I ask. You'll do what I command. And you will remain in my love. You will abide. You will live in it. You know, I love music, and uh, there's a song that's popular now. It's called, For the Love of God. But I like the chorus that says this, where would I be if it wasn't for the love of God? The song of, the song of, of this song of victory is now mine to sing, hallelujah for the love of God, it has set me free. Hallelujah for the love of God. Where would you and I be without the love of God? Like completely lost, and we heard the story uh, that Steve shared his life, you know, where would we be? Wandering, and, and, and I was there, I, you know, I can relate to some of that, you know, just wandering out there, lost, without any hope, without any, any purpose. And now he said it a number of times, God gave him a purpose for his life. And I think for you and I to, to, to know and, and discover and understand what God's purpose is for our lives. Paul prayed in Ephesians that they would be rooted and established in love. That they would grasp it. That they would know it. That, that they would be filled 
with it. And, and, and what a powerful prayer that is. So it really kind of starts with prayer. And you say, well, I don't know. I'm, I, don't get, I don't get all the funny goosebump feelings. I, I don't you know, get all this stuff. But, but Lord, I want to know more about your love. I want to be, I want to find myself in that love and live in it. And, and, you know, in my life, what does that mean? We read it there in verses 17 uh, through 19. He, one of the things that he said is that we, uh, that we keep ourselves in the love of God by going back to the, to the word of God. Going back to what the apostles taught. And I'm not talking about the new apostles. I talk, I'm talking about the apostles, the ones that, that are, were, you know, spoke by the power of the Holy Spirit that we have written down these words the early church, it says they devoted themselves to, to the apostles' teaching. And, and that's, what we're, that's why we always get back to the word of God. We always get back to God's word. It's not just what some new guy comes along and says, this is what is, God is saying now, and this is a new revelation, and this is a new this and new that. Well, you know what? How about if we get back to what God said first of all and get that together and follow that and do that? Now, in verse, verses 20 and 21, which we're going to kind of start at today, we actually have communion today as well in, in a few minutes. But in verses 20 and 21, you see there are, there are, uh, oop, there it is. There are three different things that he talks about, and you don't see it in, in every translation and, and the way the verbs are set, set up. But as I said to you, the keep yourselves, that, that's, in the, that's the imperative. That's what the heart of the command is, that keep yourselves in the love of God. But these, other, these three other uh, verbs are in what we call a participle, which has the I-N-G on the end. You English scholars know that, right? The, uh, the, the present participle has the I-N-G. So the command is to keep yourselves in the love of God, and, and then these three and someone called them the participles of means. In other words, this is, these, are, these are three things that we do to, to make that command, to keep that command. So the three we find there are building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, and looking or waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to only look at number one today, and we'll get to the other two next week. But the first one he says there is building yourselves up. Building yourselves up. Again, we kind of see the same concept as that keep yourselves building yourselves up. In other words, there's something that's happening that you and I have a choice with, that you and I have some kind of responsibility, and you and I have a part to play in it. Building yourself up. This part of present participle is something that's ongoing. Present means today, not I built myself up, you know, 10 years ago when I became a believer. You know, I, I, I became a believer in 1976, right? How many years is that? I don't know. I'll have to think about it. I used to be really good in math. Then what happened? I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, is that 
you know, what I did back then, that's back then. Today, what about today? What am I doing today? This is a present participle, something that's happening now. What am I doing in my life to build myself up? What are you doing in your life to build yourself up in your most holy faith? This is part of keeping yourself in the love of God. This is an important facet, an important you know, block. Notice he says there that it's a holy faith, and I, and, I, and I found that interesting. He says, your most holy faith is something, that this is a holy faith. This is something that's set apart. It's different from the world. And you and I are called to be holy. Be ye holy, God says, as I am holy. Be set apart, be different. Don't be just like the world. But he says he's, you're, you're building yourselves up on and it could also be translated in your most holy faith. David Guzik said this, it's our responsibility. He says, we can't, we can't wait for it to just happen or expect others to make us grow. You've got to do something about it. You know, if you, if you like to garden, if you like to raise plants, how many of you like to, to do gardens in the coming up now in the spring and, and, and grow stuff that you can eat. you got to do stuff about it, right? you got to put the seeds in the ground. If you just hope that it's something's going to come up there and you never take care of it, you never water it, you never do anything to it, good luck with that. you got to go keep out looking out there. Well, there's nothing there. Oh, well, there's nothing there. Well, what have you done about it? Well, I was hoping that someone else did it, you know, before I bought this place. And maybe something will come up. Well, guess what comes up if you do that? Weeds. Weeds poison ivy. When we, when we got to this house, there, there was so much poison ivy, I couldn't believe it. And I was not, I was immune to it, right? And so I thought, man, I'm, I'm, I just got out there. I was in flip-flops and shorts, and I'm hacking away at all this poison ivy. And guess what happened? I wasn't immune to it anymore after that. I got it bad. I couldn't even put shoes on. What's that got to do with this? Oh, nothing. Other than the fact that that's what comes up if you do nothing. It's our responsibility. I want you to turn with me. To, I got a few verses I want to look at in this, in this point here about building ourselves up. Colossians chapter uh, 2, and I have... Those verses listed up there so you can find them. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, Paul the Apostle is speaking about this in verses 6 through 9. He says here, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so that's step one, you have to receive Christ. That's how you enter the new life. That's how you're born again. You receive, you believe in Jesus Christ. John 1.12 says, and you receive him, and you receive the power to become children of God. You, you, are, you are adopted into the family by receiving Jesus Christ. There's not any other way to get in. It's not, you know, well, I did my uh, dissertation on it. By the way, Anthony passed in his dissertation this week. Uh, uh, 
I, you know, I went through the classes. I, I, I was baptized as a baby. That should count for something. I was, you know, I went through, uh, I had communion one time even. So therefore, I'm, I'm good, right? You know, you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. So he says, just as you did that, he says, continue. Continue to live in him, rooted and built up. And that's the very same word. Built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Continue to live in him. Don't just stop there. So many people, that's, they, they stop there and, and we call it you know, life insurance or fire insurance. Well, I got the insurance now. I, I said the prayer. But you, you, you never continued on. You never walked on. Well, you know, sometimes the truth is, well, you, you never really got it. You never really got saved or, or you would be living and following. But, but that's, a, that's a whole other topic we'll talk about in some other time. In Acts chapter 20, uh, Paul says, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up. And give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. He says, I, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. God's going to do the work and he's going to use his word to do it. But guess what? If you never open it, what kind of benefit do you get from it? Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you abide, if you live in, you get into it, you open it up. I learned from a very young Christian age is that I, I needed to have a relationship with God, but I also needed to open up the book. And I needed to be in the Word of God on a daily, regular basis. Whatever that meant. I couldn't just depend on someone else to do it for me. You can't just come and expect the pastor or whoever's speaking or teaching to do it all for you. God uses... Teachers, don't, don't misunderstand me, to, to kind of open it up and set the table and, and, and help you to see and get you excited about, hopefully, the Word of God. But, but it, it, you need to do it yourself. You just go listen. James said you can hear it. But if you never do it, what good is it? It's no good at all. Turn, turn back a little bit further to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10. Paul says in, in verse 10, 1 Corinthians 3, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. The same word we find uh, in Colossians, the same word we find in Acts, the same word we find in Jude. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Each one should be careful how he builds. You've got to be careful about this. You need to be careful. I need to be careful how we build on it. Verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. The foundation is Jesus, always will be, always, never changes. Jesus is the foundation. 
But he doesn't stop there. Paul says, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. So, in a sense, there is kind of this fire insurance to, you, you know, if you truly are born again, but what have you done with your life after that? What have you done with your life? What are you building on top of that foundation of Jesus? Jude says, you're building yourselves up. Present participle. Right now, it's ongoing. Paul says here, be careful. Be careful how you're building. Jesus is the foundation. That never changes. But what you and I do with our lives, I love what Steve said. He says, I'll serve him all my life. That's my purpose in life. The rest, you know, I got to work. I got to do what I have to do. I understand all that. But I love him and I'll serve him. As long as I have breath. It's the same word that Jude uses. The fire will test the quality of each man's work. You know... We have to understand, and we've been talking about this in Jude, you know, how, how these false teachers, they're going to they're gonna reap what they sow, and, and, and they don't even have the Holy Spirit, but they're teaching and misleading and, and doing all these things, but God will judge them. But the truth of the matter is, even we as believers, and it's very clear looking at this passage, 1 Corinthians 3, that we also... We'll have to face up for how we lived our lives. Now, we're not going to be judged for sin because Jesus took our sin, right? And, and he took it all upon the cross. But we will be judged for how we lived our lives. He talks here about reward. If, it, if we just use, you know, wood, hair, stubble, the King James says, and we, and we just build like weak little and we don't really pay attention, we're not really careful, it's just going to burn away and nothing there. We'll get in. He says, but you're going to not, you're going to suffer loss. The reward won't be there. There will be rewards in heaven, by the way. By how we live our lives here and now. By what we're doing. What are we, how are we living today? Now, I can't change what happened in the past. But I can change today. What am I going to do today? Am I going to... Am I going to build myself up in, in, in the word of God and, and, and the, the faith on my most holy faith, the, this faith that God has, has given to me and, and the, the, that has given me a brand new life and hope for the future? Keep yourselves in the love of God. Peter said this, He said, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. He wants us to grow. But you and I have a part to play in that. You and I have a part to play in that. He says, keep yourselves. 
building yourselves up in and on your most holy faith. Jesus is the foundation, but what are we building on it? I promise, and I I just want to keep that promise about the prodigal son. The prodigal son is the most incredible parable that Jesus uh, shared. And it talks about people like you and me, but you can read about it for yourself in Luke chapter 15. But but basically, you have a father and he has two sons, right? And and one of the sons says, you know what? I'm kind of tired of this. And so give me my inheritance now and I, I'm just going to let me take care of it. And this son, what does he do? He takes that money, takes the, his part of the inheritance. He goes out. It says he goes out into the world. He, he goes out from under the umbrella of his father's house. Right. And and I want to remind you that the father loved the son. He loved both of his sons. So he goes out and what happens? Most of you know the story goes out and he he just like gets, he goes wild. He gets gets into it. He gets into the world and everything the world has to offer. And, and, you know, he's partying up and spending all that money. And, And then what happens? The money runs out. The fun. It's not so fun anymore. He kind of gets, he, he, he gets so far down that, that he, he has to go and get a, a job feeding pigs just to survive. And, he, and he's not even allowed to eat the food that the pigs eat. But it says, it says there, but he, when he came to himself, he kind, of, he kind of thought, all of a sudden, it kind of hit him like, what in the world am I doing? And it says, he says, maybe, just maybe, if I go back, my father will take me back. And I can just be a servant in the house. I can, I'll do anything or whatever. It doesn't matter, just as long as I can go back. And so he makes his way back. To the house of the father and it says and it just it breaks me up every time when I think about it. it says that when he was a long way off his father looked out and saw him his father saw him in other words the father was actually looking he, he was he, he always had his his mind I was looking for his son he loved him so much and it says when he saw him it, it, it affected him so much that he ran to meet him he ran. He didn't walk. He said, well, it's about time you got home, son. You know, you, you, what kind of an idiot are you anyways? That, that wasn't how this happened, right? It says he ran to meet him. He put his arms around him. You know, you and I, let's face it, we wander. We wander sometimes. Even, even if we don't wander real bad like that, we wander some. We get, we get caught up in life. We get caught up in everything. And we, we're not really keeping ourselves under that love and the love of God. We're, we're just doing our own thing. But, but Jesus, in giving the parable, the parable obviously was 
parables are earthly stories to give heavenly meanings, right? And so, so the, the meaning of there is that God loves us. And, and when we wander off and do our own thing, He's, he's waiting for us to come back. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, condemn us. But He wants you and I to come back, no matter how far, no matter how long, doesn't matter. Keep yourselves. If you're outside of it, bring yourself back to it. You and I have to make a choice. The, the prodigal son, he, he had to make a choice to, to, to put his feet in action, to, to, to get back to where he was, to get back to the house of, of his father. Another side note of that story is the other son. You think about him too, and, and perhaps we're not like the son who was like the radical and went way off. But maybe we're like the son who stayed there, but we got some kind of attitude. And he said, you know what, Dad, what's up with this? You know, he's out doing all this stuff, but I've been here the whole time. I've been, 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 been a good boy and everything, and, and you didn't have no party for me. You didn't, you know, kill the fatted calf for me. But he said, he said to him, you know what, son, you, you are here, and I'm here with you, and, and everything I have is yours. I want you to know I love you just as much as I love him. So whether we are on one side or the other or somewhere in between, the Father loves you and he loves me. And, 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 but, but you and I, you know, we, we need to acknowledge it and build ourselves up in it and on it. The more time that we spend with him, I think the more we know how much he loves us. We don't spend much time, we're not going to know much. It's simple as that. Next week, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about uh, the Lord's return and waiting and looking and watching for his return. But these are, are all part of this idea of keeping ourselves in the love of God. We're going to have uh, the communion passed out right now, and I have a video. Uh, to play for you. Let me set it up for you while they're passing out the communion. And it's called When God Ran. And uh, any of you remember this song? It's from 1985. Anybody besides myself know this song? 1985, a guy named Benny Hester wrote this song, and it's basically from this parable of... Uh, the prodigal son, thank you. And he talks about the fact that God ran. When God ran. See, he kind of he gives the meaning of it, that, that God runs to meet him. And, and uh, it's a powerful song, uh, 1985. Thank you, Jay. Let's go ahead and play that while we're passing the uh, communion out.
omnipotent, powerful, awesome Lord. Victorious warrior. Commanding king of kings. Mighty conqueror. And the only time. The only time I ever saw him.
1985, you know, they had some good music back then. I asked Zeke to come up and he's going to pray with us for the uh, communion. Let's all stand together, please. You want to bring that up? Thank you, Lord, for your body that you've given us. Thank you for the picture that you've given us. Thank you that you are the bread of life and the sustainer of all things. Mm -hmm. Thank you that in your body you kept God's law perfectly mm -hmm. and you fulfilled the covenant for us, mm -hmm. that you atoned for us, and that you are our great redeemer. Thank you that we can be filled with you and that we can grow more like you. Mm -hmm. Let us partake. Lord, thank you for your blood. Thank you that you were willing and able to die for us, that by your taking of the full wrath of God, you can sanctify us, that you took the penalty for our sin, and that you have washed us, and that we are unified in this washing, that we can come together and be in communion and sanctified by you. Thank you, O Lord. Let's partake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for the love of God. Where would I be if it wasn't for the love of God? Let's have the worship team come. We're going to sing one more song together. <laughs> 